Amen. What a wonderful song. Amen. I like a song with a message, and I like a song where you can hear the message. Amen. Let's turn to Mark chapter 16. One year ago, I started preaching through the book of Mark. Preached every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, almost. Sometimes I broke the um, series because the Lord led me to. Maybe have a young preacher preach. By the way, Brother Blaine will be preaching tonight, so we're having a deacons meeting at 4.30. Deacons, 4.30, take on some more missionaries. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. And that's a blessing because of your faith promise. There's still time to get that in. Do not sign that faith promise card. It's between you and God. And so Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 20, we're at the end of our study after one year. I think it's been right at a year. Amen. My wife wrote down the first date that I started. I think it was September 28th or something like that. I started uh, the book of Mark. And I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have and got something out of it. Amen. I like verse by verse. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to preach. I don't have to get on some uh, hobby horse or anything. I just preach the word. And if it happens to ring, ring your hobby horse, that's all right. Amen. But uh, this is about uh, uh, Jesus ends his words to his disciples. As I preached last night on where's all the signs and wonders, uh, folks, these were apostles, and they had apostolic gifts. I'll prove that in just a minute. And every one of these apostolic gifts in verse uh, 17, oh, by the way, if you have an NIV, the whole chapter ends after verse 8. I think it's Brother Jeremy's verse 8. And they cut out all those verses and just take them away. Why? Because of copyright laws. See, all these versions are about money. And so you got to have different, you got to have so many verses changed and so many words changed or they can't get a copyright because it would be plagiarizing King James Version. And so we say by the King James Bible, uh, get, if you have a NIV, you will not be able to follow me because it's not in your Bible. So get you a KJV. Amen. It's preserved. And if you don't believe it, ask Brother Jeremy over there. But anyway, verse 9 is very important because Mary Magdalene had seven devils cast out of her. She was saved, and there she is, um, and thank the Lord for that. But I want you to go on down to verse 15, and we'll preach just a little while on verses 15 through 20. Let's stand on the Word of God. Thank God for our veterans. Appreciate you so much. Now, we have a junior church and a preschool church going on, so that's where all the kids are. We do have kids in this church. Amen? Uh, one person made the comment that all the preachers of the tri-state were either bald or gray, and that we need some more young preachers. Well... Uh, Jason was there, and he ain't bald or gray. He's balding, but he ain't gray. Amen. And uh, uh, we do need more young preachers, and we got one young preacher that's going to preach tonight, and I'm going to try to give all our young preachers time to preach uh, several Sunday nights, so hang on and come back and encourage them. Verse 15, and he said unto them, who's them? The disciples. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel in, to every creature. I thank God we have 114 missionaries Possibly take on six more tonight. It says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Here's the emphasis on believe. And these signs shall follow them. Listen to this now. That believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues or glossia languages. And they shall take up serpents. Oh my, I'll, I'll deal with that. And they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after G the Lord had spoken unto them, he had received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. The ascension is a very important doctrine. 
And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Now listen to this. Confirming the word with signs following. Confirming the word with signs following. I'd like to continue my message on where's all the signs and wonders? Where are all the miracles? You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you. We have a chance to honor our veterans. Thank you, God, for each man that's served and given their time and life and away from their families uh, that we might have the freedom to preach and sing and shout and praise God in a place without fear and without uh, threat from our government because we live in a land of freedom. And we thank you, God, that freedom's not free. It costs these men some years and days and their precious families. God, we pray for those families that their loved ones did not come back. God, that you'd comfort and strengthen them on this uh, difficult day. But Lord, we're here to honor you. and We thank you, God, that you are God and that you worthy, you're worthy of all honor, good songs that have been sung that honor you. God, we're not here for a show. We're not here just to have a good feeling, a good time. We're not here to look for signs and wonders. We're here to look for the Savior. And so, Lord, help us to focus on you and God's touch our hearts and, and, and use this message, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You know, Jesus is about to ascend 40 days later. Mark covers 40 days in verse 19 to 20, uh, but uh, he tells them to go out and preach the gospel. Last week, I preached on the gospel. It's just good news. That's what it means. But without the go, all you got is a spell, amen. A lot of people have a spell. They just they get they get a big feeling. They sit on a pew, and folks, I want to tell you something. We need to get off the pew and get out into the world and knock on doors. Amen. That's how this church was started uh, 42 years ago this February, knocking on doors. We didn't split a church. We didn't come here to split any church. Matter of fact, if I found somebody that was in a good biblical church, I told them stay in their church, and we'll find souls that need to be saved. But I want to tell you something, friend. These disciples were facing hard times. Number one, the whole canon of the Word of God had not been compiled. We'll, find, we'll see that in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. That which is perfect will come. That which is in part will be done away with. And so God accompanied them. He followed them uh, with signs and wonders, which are called apostolic gifts. You'll notice in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I believe it's verse 14, as we preached last Sunday night, and I'm not going to re-preach my message but I do review a lot because it's the best kind of teacher. But the Bible says, Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. You might have write that down. I'm going to give you a lot of verses. I can't go to all of them. Just write them down. And folks, right before that, Paul prayed three times to be healed. And guess what? The Lord said, No, no, no. You know, sometimes it's not God's will for you to be healed. We like it, uh, we want that, and every time we pray, we want God to answer that prayer for that miracle, but sometimes God gives us a greater miracle. Look at verse 10, uh, excuse me, verse 9 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And he said unto me, after he said no twice, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, change his prayer. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The greatest miracle of all is when God says no and you don't get bitter, but you get better. Sunday school lesson this morning. And folks, trouble makes us refocus our life on Jesus. 
Trouble makes us refine our priorities. Trouble is, uh, will be rewarded one day for our faithfulness. I'm sure these men had a lot of trouble being away from their families. A lot of uh, uh, things happened while they were away, and they kept on serving because they were good soldiers. Well, let me say this. You're a soldier. We're fellow soldiers. Stop shooting. We're the only army that, that shoots their wounded. Somebody backslides and we try to shoot them. Amen. What I'll do is recover them. Say amen. Go after them and love them and help them and put them on our shoulder and bring them back to the foxhole and, and say we're praying for you. Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. These soldiers went out without the word of God. They'd knock on the door and say, hey, Jesus is virgin born. He, he's gonna, he's gonna, he just arose from the dead. Um, 500 people saw him, and uh, 40, years, 40 days later, he ascended. That's what Mark covers in the last two verses. And I guarantee you the average Joe, somebody knocked on the door and said that, would think you were crazy. But then they'd look in, and there would be somebody in a casket or something. They'd walk in the living room, touch that person in the casket. He'd be resurrected from the dead. Or there's somebody that's critically ill, and they touched him, and, there was, and they, were, uh, they were healed immediately, praise God. Or they spoke in several languages, and they didn't understand the language. But when they spoke, God interpreted that language. Acts chapter 2, 19 languages is mentioned in Acts chapter 2. Say so, amen. But the miracle is not the interpretation of the languages it was 3,000 people being saved. Say amen. Don't get majoring on signs when you ought to be majoring on the Savior. Say amen. The greatest miracle of all is salvation. Say amen. What does it profit a man if he gets healed of cancer and goes to hell? Amen. Folks, listen, and I want to tell you another. The eternal healing is this. You might not get healed of cancer, and you go to heaven, you'll be eternally healed. Say amen. So salvation is the greatest miracle. Are you with me? Say amen. And so, folks, we see this. This authentication, uh, Hebrews chapter 2 is one of my favorite verses on this. Hebrews chapter 2, real quick. And I know I read this last Sunday, but some of y'all didn't get it. And uh, I, I, I like to read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. But Hebrews 2, the Bible says in verse 3, How shall we escape? Y'all with me? Got the word of God? It says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Them that heard him and them that saw him are apostles. Um, Thursday morning, that's when it was, when y'all did that great meal, and man, the beautiful singing, Kaylee and Rebecca sang a beautiful song, and old Hayden, he was shyly, got up here and sang how great they are. I was so proud of y'all, but I was so proud also with the great attendance, the best attendance we've had as preacher attendance, Brother Sammy Allen was out in the hallway, and I was asking that missionary that set up his display, which we normally don't do at a preacher's fellowship, I said, uh, did you stay at the prophet's chamber? And he said, Brother Wayne, you know how he talks. Brother Wayne, uh, I think you ought to re re rephrase that. Am I talking like him, Brother Jim? Uh, you need to rephrase that. I said, what do you mean, Doc? He said, it ought to not be preacher's chamber because there is no prophet's. <laughs> I said, praise God, you're right. Amen. He is right. Amen. There is no prophets. Why? Because we got the word of God. Say amen. There is no knowledge because we got the word of God. Folks, and there is no gift of healing as far as healers. And I want to tell you something. If I was a faith healer, I'd go down to Eggleston Hospital where the cancer ward is, and I'd touch every one of those precious little children 
that are dying of cancer say amen. I wouldn't start a TV program and I wouldn't start, don't get me started on this. I wouldn't start some kind of uh, getting rich uh, quick uh, situation by being a celebrity. I'd be a servant and go to the hospital where they need me. Say amen. Don't, I told you not to get me started on this. But anyway, I'm just going to say Hebrews 2, 3 says, confirmed unto them with heard him. But look at verse 4, Hebrews 2, 4, real quick. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders. Bearing who witness? The apostles, the disciples. And with divers miracles, gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. According to his own will. Folks, you don't have a choice of what gift God gives you. You can't demand that you're going to speak in tongues. You can't demand that you're going to uh, slay in the Spirit or raise in the Spirit or whichever you want to do. You have to, you have to yield to God's will. God's will. And God's will is this. You take this word above every sign and signal. Say amen. It's the gospel. It's enough. Well, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. And I'll, I'll, I'll close the introduction and start the message. But I just think uh, we need this. I tell you, we need to review it. There's a charismatic confusion in the world today. Charismatic confusion. It's based on experience, not the Word of God. If it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I showed you this last week, but I want to show it to you again. Verse 12, the last chapter 12, the last verse says, But I covet earnestly the best gifts, but yet I show you a more excellent way. The more excellent way is the love of God and the Word of God. Amen? And I want to say this. In verse 8, the Bible says this, Charity never faileth, but whether it be prophecy, they shall fail. Now, prophecy is, 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 is telling the future. Some man comes in the service and says, I've got a word of prophecy. That's why there's no prophets. Folks, all the prophecy we need is the book of Revelation and the book of Genesis to Revelation. Say amen. We don't have no private prophecy today. Because, see, the Word of God was being put together, and so these disciples didn't have the Word to back them up. A true sign of a man of God is he preaches the Word of God, believes the Word of God, and lives the Word of God. And look at this. It says, where there be tongues, they shall cease. Tongues is glossia, 19 different languages in the book of Acts chapter 2 that was interpreted. But where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Some person comes in here and says, I want to give you some knowledge. There's going to be a rapture. And that rapture is not anywhere in the Bible because the Bible hadn't been written. That was a gift of knowledge. It was a gift of prophecy. It was a gift of, um, of uh, interpretation of tongues. But look at this. It says, for we know in part, we prophesy in part. Look at verse 10. But when that which is perfect has come, th then that which is in part shall be done away with. He says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we are through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The sign that ought to signify you as a real Christian is this. By their love, by their love one for another, they, you shall know that, they, that you're a disciple. John 13, 35. The Bible says in 1 John 5, or excuse me, 3, 14, we know that we pass from death and life because we love the brethren. Amen? A greater way is love. A greater way is the Word of God. Amen? You can't trust man, but you can trust this book. Say amen. You can't trust signs and signals either. You might get the wrong sign, and you might get the wrong signal. 
By the way, the devil works miracles. He sure does. And folks, I want to tell you something. We need to back up everything we do by the word of God. Every miracle mentioned by the Lord in these verses, go back to Mark chapter 16, was fulfilled in the book of Acts. I'm going to give it to you real quick. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, And the signs which follow them in my name shall you cast out devils. Well, Acts chapter 8, verse 7. Write this down now. I ain't got time to go to it. They cast out devils. Acts chapter 6, verse 18. They cast out devils. And Acts chapter 19, 11 through 16. They cast out devils. Speaking with new tongues. Well, in Acts chapter 2, verse 4 through 11, and they list the tongues. You go, go look at it. They list the, the dialects. I can't even pronounce. It's unknown tongue to me because I can't even pronounce the language. And then, uh, and then um, Acts chapter 2, verse 4 through 11. Acts chapter 10, verse 46. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. And then 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22 says that tongues is a sign to the Jew. And it also says in the next verse that you ought to speak by course. That means not all at the same time. Or they'll think that you are mad. That's King James language. That means I think you're crazy if they walked in here and everybody was speaking in some unknown tongue. There needs to be an interpreter, the Bible says, and it says women be silent in the church. Woo, it's getting quiet now. And that doesn't mean testifying. That doesn't mean praying. We usually have the men pray. It means tongue speaking, interpreting, uh, uh, tongue interpreting. And folks, the Bible says, that uh, we need to realize that Jesus in the infant stage of the church used miracles that are no longer in existence. You say, oh, you're a heretic. You don't believe in healing. I didn't say that. I believe God can answer prayer and heal anyone he wants to. And I've seen it. James Baker was practically on his deathbed up there. Now he's in physical therapy because of your prayers. And Roselle's up there shouting out praising God because somebody prayed for her husband. And she called on our church to do that stewardship of prayer. And God healed him. God miraculously touched him. Don't you say I don't believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I just don't believe in apostles that go on TV and say I got the gift of healing. Amen. Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's go on a little further. If we believe in uh, casting out demons and speaking new tongues, we need to believe this next one. It says, and they take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Snake handling. Now, if you want to be a snake handler, I'm resigning. I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of two things, shots and snakes. Amen? I'm scared of them. I don't like either one of them. And I really don't like snakes. And they say, oh, you can handle those non-venomous. My luck, there'd be somebody impersonating a non-venomous, and it would be venomous, amen? It'd be an impersonation when I started handling it. But actually, people take these verses out of context, and they use these miracles today. And there's people that's died in the mountains handling snakes. Well, let me tell you something. If you'll turn to Acts chapter 28, you'll see the fulfillment of that apostolic gift. In Acts chapter 28. Isn't this interesting? I think it's just, I think it's interesting. I, and if I'm not interested, I don't guess y'all will be, so I'm interested. It says, and when they were escaped, when they knew that the island was called Miletus, and the barbarian people show, uh, showed up, showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. 
And look at verse 3 of Acts 28. You with me? And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper, that's a snake, out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarian saw the venomous beast, he must have been a poisonous one, like the one my grandson was taking a picture of in Africa the other day. And when the barbarian saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, hand they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom thou hast has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not long. And he shook off the beast, Paul did, and the fire, and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he they should have they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Apostolic gift, praise God. Don't handle snakes, is what I'm saying this morning. Amen. If y'all have that inkling. Sorry, you're out, of the, you're out of bounds. Then drink deadly poison. That's nowhere in the book of Acts, but an um, uh, early church father named Eusebius said that Joseph Barnas, who took the place of Judas Iscariot, was poisoned and he did not die. That's according to historians. And then laying hands on for healing, Acts chapter 3, verse 7, Acts chapter 19, verse 11, Acts 28, 8 through 9, and folks, listen, it's all authentication. God worked miracles through them to prove to the lost His Word was true. Say amen. We don't need that today. We got the whole can of the Scripture. Folks, prophecy is a sign. Amen. Hey, every prophecy's come true exactly. 1,500 years, 44 different authors, not one contradiction. 66 different books, not one contradiction in this Word. That's sign enough for me. I mean, the greatest sign is the, as, as in, uh, as, um, uh, is the death, burial, and resurrection, the Bible says in Matthew. And it says, a wicked and perverse generation seeketh after a sign. So stop looking for signs and start looking for the Savior. Stop looking for signs and believe the Scripture. It's the whole Word of God, amen? Before the whole Word of God came together, there was miracles because He had to prove that they were of God. God has chosen to reach the world through preaching. Preaching. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. I was talking to a preacher the other day in the restaurant, and I said, well, what did you preach on? He said, I didn't get to preach. I said, you didn't get to what? He said, I didn't get to preach. He said, we got to testify and singing and shouting so much, I didn't get to preach. And I thought to myself, I don't care if y'all shout, sing for four hours, I'm going to find some time to preach, amen, because the Word of God needs to be preached. Now, I'm not saying it, that God doesn't get us out of bounds sometimes and we break the program. We don't have a menu here. But I believe the very basic and the most focal point and the most important part of any worship service is the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? Preaching of the Word of God. Where is I going? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 21, please. 1 Corinthians 1, 21. What's this got to do with the book of Mark? It has a lot to do with it. He sent them out with signs authenticating them, confirming them, validifying them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says this. It says, for, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. To the Jew, it's a stumbling block, verse 23. But verse 24 says, But unto them which are called both Jew and Gentile, Christ, the power of God, 
and the wisdom of God. Folks, this is the power of God right here. This is the wisdom of God right here. Say amen. I stand upon the book. And folks, the Bible is the word of God. And I'll just say this, the Bible is enough. Amen. The Bible is enough. There's so many people who want to show. There's so many people that want some good singing. And I love good singing. And so many people come for the, for the entertainment of it. But I want to tell you something, friend. We ought to come to hear from God through his word. Can somebody say amen? And there's no doubt about it, this validifies our ministry. We take tracks around this county for this last 42 years. We uh, was on radio for many years up there in Tunnel Hill, and I know I reached at least 10 people, uh, that great uh, WTTI that reached about two miles. But boy, we'd take it and we'd preach the Word of God as fast as we could for 15 minutes, amen. And thank God, friend, everything. We send out missionaries with the Word of God. Say amen. Muslims send them out with guns and, and bombs, but we send our, our soldiers, the greatest soldiers of all, missionaries with love packed in their heart and the Word of God packed in their soul. Say amen. We don't go to kill people. We go to love people. Whew. I'm saying, friend, we need to realize the greatest miracle of all is Galatians 2.20. Go ahead and turn there. Galatians 2.20. It's the greatest miracle of all. I've got about three more messages. I thought I had just two, but after this introduction, i got three more messages in Mark, and we'll be finished. You'll say, thank the Lord. No, I, I'm, I'm going to miss it. But look at this, Mark chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. That's the greatest sign you ought to have. Dead to self. You know what's wrong with most churches today? There's a lot of personality and a lot of pride involved. People sing to be heard. People preach to be heard. People play to be heard. Folks, I want to tell you something. It's not about you. It's about God. For we're here to lift God up, not ourselves. This is not Ted Mack Amateur Hour. We're not having some celebrity in the pulpit. This is a servant, I hope, in the pulpit. Serving the Word of God to you. Instant in season, out of season. Not trying to impress what a great preacher I am, but impress what a great God He is. I am crucified with Christ. Greatest need today is humility. Folks, you want to get out of the way, God will, God will get in the way. If you decrease, He increases. You humble yourself, He will show up. And folks, if you admit you need God and you've and you got to have God, He'll show up in a mighty way and use you when you take the word of God and plant it in somebody's heart and they get saved, greatest miracle of all. But look at this. It said, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I want to tell you the greatest miracle on this earth is that these earthen vessels called us, the Tennesseans say Ewans. We Georgians, we speak better language. We say y'all. Amen? Y'all. That's, that's synonymous to ye in the Bible. Y'all. Go, go all y'all, amen, into the world. But I want to tell you something. The greatest miracle of all is that Christ lives in you. Hey, the greatest evidence that Christ is real is that Christ reigns in your life. He rules your life. He overrules your life. Instead of getting mad and killing somebody, you get mad and love them. And you forgive them. Greatest way to be like Christ is to forgive. Greatest way to be like the devil is lie. Get mad and devour. Greatest way to be like the devil is lift yourself up, 
puff yourself up and try to be somebody, try to perform some miracle in the flesh to prove that you are a man of God or a lady of God. Folks, the greatest miracle of all is total identity with Christ. Total yieldingness to Christ. Look at this. It says, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. Listen to this now. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Faith. Faith. It's not in signs and signals. It's not in performance of some man or some lady up on the stage. I don't like to call this a stage. This is the altar. It's Christ in you. Dead to self, full of the Spirit. What I'm trying to say is, friend, you're conformed to His image, Romans 8, 29. Romans 8, 28 says all things work together. That's the key word, together. Individually, it's awful. Sometimes it's painful. It's horrendous in your life. It breaks your heart. But the Bible says if you'll let it work together, He'll work it all together for what? God's glory and your good. But the next verse, verse 29 of Romans 8, says you shall be conformed to his image. I want to say it has nothing to do, hyper-Calvinist, with election. You can go up to a church up here on the corner if you want to, and they'll preach that everything's predestined, foreordained for the foundation of the world. Some are elected to get saved. Some are elected to go to hell. My Bible says whosoever. Amen. Amen. My Bible says whosoever. And folks, I, God knows the whosoever. That's the sovereignty of God. But we don't know the whosoever, so we need to witness everybody. And I want to say this, friend. God says that he'll, he'll conform it all together. He'll work it all together for one reason, for you to have signs and signals and get relief every time you get in trouble. Know that the grace of God might dwell upon your life in such a way through humility and yieldedness, that you magnify Christ and not yourself. Paul said, most gladly rather, I'll suffer that Christ may be magnified. I'll be weak that he might be strong. Now, folks, that's not in the mentality of entertainment today. That's not uh, in the who's who and trying to get rid up, written up in the daily citizen. And they misspell your name. But, you know, it's, it's yielding to Christ and letting him be who he is through you. Change life is the greatest sign to a lost and dying world. Oh, if I could just handle snakes, I'd reach a lot of people. No, you wouldn't. You might reach the undertaker, but you won't reach nobody else, amen? Oh, if I could just slay and lay hands on people and heal them, I'd reach a lot of people. Folks, I want to tell you something. The way you reach a lot of people is to be crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So don't look for apostolic signs. Yield to the Savior. I loved 2 Corinthians 5.17. When my daddy came back from the war, my mother said he was a nervous wreck. He killed a lot of people. And he saw a lot of people killed. And so he crutched not on the Word of God. He didn't crutch on the Bible. Matter of fact, he didn't go to church. He was so so bitter, so depressed. See, bitterness turned in is, 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 is uh, depression. Bitterness turned out is anger. One of the two. And I want to tell you something. He became bitter because of all the people that died and all the people that didn't come back. And he turned to the bottle. He became an alcoholic. And I want to tell you something, friend. 
Our family was a total mess. Fussing and fighting. Why would anybody want to fuss and fight in front of their children? I was a nervous wreck. I had to go to special class with those earphones on like Brother Cody's got on back there. <clears throat> and here, Spot Loves Jane. Jane Loves Spot. The book man had that book back there. I almost bought it. I asked my wife to buy it and she didn't get the hint. But anyway, and it had Spot and Jane book, you know. And that's what I, and I'd stutter through it. Oh, Spot, 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 Loves Jane, 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 Jane. And I was a nervous wreck. And then one day, right before I left to Claxton, Georgia to uh, take a youth pastor's job down in Claxton, I decided to call a prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting was at my house, and I went and picked up Daddy so he couldn't go by the liquor store. <clears throat> and he came back home, and all the cars of my teenage friends were in the front yard. Boy, it's good to have praying teenage friends. I'm going to tell you something. Young people, choose your friends carefully. They'll either bring you down to the gutter. You'll marry wrong and wish you'd never seen the altar of marriage. You, you will go down the drain with the influence of bad peer pressure. But praise God, I had some godly friends. And they said, we'll come pray. He said, what do you want us to pray about? I said, I want you to pray that my daddy gets saved. I told my daddy, I said, I'm going away next Monday to Claxton, and we're having a going away prayer meeting. I didn't tell him the whole thing. The Bible says, don't cast your pearls for the swine. So I said, my daddy wasn't a swine, but I'll tell you what, he would have never touched that prayer meeting if he thought it was for him. So we gathered. He went and washed off a little bit. He was an old sheet metal worker. I mean, he, was, he, was, he sweated that liquor out of him. It's probably the only thing that kept him going. So if y'all drink a lot, work a lot. No, I'm going to kid. Don't do that. And uh, he, uh, he, uh, he, he, he got dressed a little bit and sit in a circle. We started praying around the circle. My smart aleck uh, cousin Alfie said, Lord, save Cleve because he needs it. I said, what did he pray? This is supposed to be a secret. And then all of a sudden, I got my face in the carpet. I said, Lord, save Wayne, because after this prayer meeting, I'm dead. <laughs> got around to my daddy's turn to pray, and he said, Lord, I need help. He drank all his life after the war. He's a nervous wreck. And he didn't get saved at that prayer meeting, but I want to tell you something. I stayed up to 3 o'clock that, that morning witnessing to him. And he stayed up with me and listened. And I said, Daddy, go click that lamp on. He said, okay. Click, click, click. I said, Daddy, why won't that thing come on? He said, well, the crazy thing's unplugged. And I looked at him in all due respect. I said, Daddy, and so is your life. I said, you'll never overcome your insecurity that causes you to drink. You'll never overcome the fears in your life, you'll never overcome liquor until you get plugged in. It seemed like it clicked in his soul. The next Sunday night I was preaching. Y'all have heard this story before, but I want to hear it again. Full House, Wesley Hills Baptist Church in Cater, Georgia. It was a going away sermon for me. I preached to one person five rows back, my daddy. I preached the whole book of Matthew. Some things I was sure of, some things I wasn't sure of. But I preached Calvary and I preached the cross. And I remember during the invitation, I went and knelt at the preacher's pew. There's a little pew like we used to have. And I said, dear God, please save my daddy. 
I said, he has wasted his life, and I'm going down there to try to reach all the youth of South Georgia. And dear God, I don't want to leave mom in this mess, and, and Lord, I don't want him to be a slave to that liquor. And then God changed my prayer and said, won't you pray that I be glorified through his life? And I said, dear God, would you please be glorified through his life? Save him. Save him. Please save him. About that time, somebody tapped on my shoulder. While I was kneeling, it was my preacher. And he said, Wayne. I said, what? I thought it was the Holy Spirit scared me to death. He said, your daddy is down at the altar, and he wants you to lead him to the Lord. Man, I ran around there. I'll never forget, it was right over here. I ran around here, and I, and I put my arm around him. He was sobbing. He was down. And he never sobbed. He was calling out. I said, Daddy. Bible says in Romans 3.23, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, the way, he says, son, I know how to get saved. I got enough tracks to wallpaper the house that you've given me. Let's just get to the chase. I led him to the Lord and he got saved. I used to want to run away from home after I moved down to Claxton. I wanted to come home unannounced and catch him up past 9 o'clock because he always passed out in his plate. I mean, it was, it was awful. And we'd drag him to bed, me and my little asthmatic mom and my dear sister. And he was awake at 9 o'clock when I come in and I'd catch him as I came in the house and he was reading the Bible, sitting on the couch. And I got to sit with him and talk to him about the Word of God. He said, how you doing down in Claxton? How many youth are you reaching? He said, hey, Wayne, tell, tell him this. I only lived seven years, from 63 to about 70. On his deathbed, he said that. He said that on his deathbed. He says, tell everybody to get saved when they're young and not waste their life. And then the next morning, he'd get up, and this is a glorious thing about it, he'd hug mama and say, I love you. Now, I want to tell you what the greatest sign following you is as a Savior and not an apostle. As a saint, not somebody special. Hey, as a believer, the greatest sign there is. I want to tell you, the greatest authentication for the gospel story, the good news of the death, the burial, and the resurrection is this one verse. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, but all things become new. Your life is changed. A changed life is proof positive evidence of the resurrection of the Lord, the death, burial, and resurrection in your life. And folks, listen, I know I didn't get to the message this morning. I'll get to it tomorrow, next Sunday morning. I almost said tonight. Next Sunday, Sunday morning, but I'll say this, friend. The ascension is a glorious doctrine that I'm looking forward to preaching. But I want to tell you something, friend. Your life ought to be an ascension from death unto life. John 5, 24 says, when you get saved, you pass from death unto life. That's a resurrection. And then you walk a new walk. That's ascension. You're on the high road. You're not holier than thou. You're just like Jesus. And you can reach down and pull people up and help them and be a witness. Amen? And folks, listen, we're not better off. We're, we're not better than anybody. We're just better off. Say amen. We're sinners saved by grace. And we ought to prove it by changed life. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for the thought. And God, the verification 
that the world sees holiness and faith. The world sees simple obedience in the lives of the redeemed. And they know that the message is from God. Oh God, we want our lives to back up what we preach. Lord, we want to reach souls and we want to see souls saved. But dear God, I know they're not going to want to come to church not to see some miracle, not to see some show, not to see some laying on the hands or healing. They want, they want to come because they're tired of the nasty now and now. And they need help. They need hope. They need power. They need peace. They need Jesus. They need to be saved. And Lord, the only way they want to be saved is they see you in us. So dear God, thank you for the apostolic authenticating signs. But God, I'm convinced today that we have the whole word of God and that we're living epistles and we're read of all men and that dear God, we need to be proof positive evidence of the death, the burial and resurrection that we've experienced in our life by a changed life. God help us not to blend in, but God help us to be distinctively Christ-like is our prayer. With every head bowed, every eye closed. How do you know you're saved? Well, I'll tell you how you know you're saved. By their fruits, you'll know them. Say amen. And I'll tell you something. There are a lot of people who might question your salvation, but they shouldn't. You ought not be a question mark. You ought to be an exclamation point for Christ, His glory. How many say, preach, I know I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. And I want to live like I'm going there before I die. I know I'm saved. Would you lift your hand up as a happy testimony of that? How many glad you saved? Say amen. You know, that'll bring a smile on your face if you've had the worst day of your life. Amen. Worst weekend of your life. Going to heaven ought to, ought to be a rejoicing in your soul. How many say, preacher, I couldn't raise my hand? I want you to pray for me because I want to go to heaven and not hell, but I want to take some people with me to heaven and I don't want to send anybody to hell by being a stumbling block. I want you to pray for me to be saved before it's too late. Does anyone say, Preacher, please remember me in your closing prayer. I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. Anyone? Real quick. Have me say, Preacher, I'm a Christian. And I want to be a good one. If you're going to be a good one, you might as well be a good one. Amen? I want to be Christ-like. I want to let even tribulation work together to make me more like Jesus. Key words, working together. That means yielding to the Spirit. I want my testimony to be real and right. It's your prayer. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? How many know somebody lost? You ought to lift your hand up immediately saying, Lord, make me a witness. They see you on the job. They see you in the schoolroom. They know what's on your mind. They know what your priorities are. And a lot of time, unfortunately, our priority is ourself when it ought to be our Savior. Ought to be possessed by a spirit. Holy Ghost filling control. Father, thank you for this message. Thank you, dear God, for your word. Take a couple of verses and just be blessed. Knowing, Lord, that your word together makes so much sense. And God is so clear and so plain. As we study it, God, reveal your will to us. God, help us to stop praying for confirming signs and apostolic signs but God help us to pray for 
to be a proof positive evidence of you in our lives. We're going to praise you and thank you for using our testimony to reach one more lost soul before the rapture takes place. In Jesus' name.